You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. We do serve an awesome God. Somebody say amen. He's been better to us than we deserve. Amen. And uh, I'm going to be reading from uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 through 16. And uh, while you're looking there uh, for the scripture, I want to thank all of our team. Uh, You see they're building stages on the side and ramps getting ready for Christmas. And there is so much going on. I know some was here yesterday morning from seven in the morning. I stopped by last night around seven and they were still here. So there's a lot of people doing a lot of things behind the scenes every day, and I appreciate, uh, we appreciate, uh, let's let them know we appreciate what they're doing, all right? Have you ever walked in the darkness and uh, you thought you knew where you was going and you fell? Anybody ever do that? One time we had not been in this building very long, and uh, all the lights was off. I come up one night and I came through the front door and I went to go around that way to my office in the sanctuary. And I'd forgot about them chairs back there, them, them ones that you can move in and out. And I was, uh, I'm thank God I was in the room by myself and cause I went end over end, was laying there on the floor. And I thought to myself, why didn't you turn the light on? And anybody ever do something like that? Huh? So the title of the message is Turn the Light On. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, turn the light on. (laughs) Man, I just want to be bad today for some reason. I don't know. Uh, Oh, Billy, man, I'll tell you something else. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 through 16, Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. I'm not finished yet, but Pastor Aaron, take that microphone, if you would, over to Pastor Rita. Verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Pastor Rita, bless the reading of the Lord. Father, it is an honor and a privilege to stand in your house this morning and to lift our heads and our eyes toward you and picture you on the throne. Father, we have felt your presence in this house this morning. But Father, the service is not over and we covet your anointing upon our pastor. I pray today, Father, that you would just every moment that he spent in preparation, that you would honor that. And that Father, that we would see no one save Jesus only this morning. And that everyone here today come in contact with our risen Savior. I'm so thankful, Lord, that one 
one day my mother pointed me toward the light. I'm thankful one day that I saw and I met the light of this world. And I no longer walk in darkness, but you are the light. And you were the light for all the years that you walked this earth. But one day when you cried, it is finished. And they snuffed out the light as he hung there on the cross. Little lights popped up over all over the world. Now we are the lights, Father. And help us to take our jobs seriously. Help us to trim our wicks and to let the lower lights be burning, Father, that others may look at us and find their way in the darkness. Anoint our pastor. And Father, I pray that every word that falls out of his mouth would fall on ears that were receptive. And that, Father, that you would take those today that are walking in darkness, out of darkness, and may they see the light as Paul did on the Damascus Road. I thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And Father, we just give you glory, honor, and praise, for it's in the name of your Son we ask. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, many years ago, uh, probably, I don't know, 30 years ago, I worked for a United Insurance Company, and it was a debit so you went house to house every Monday, or excuse me, once a month, and picked up the money. And when you have a debit, you need to know where everybody lives, you need to know where they work, you need to know their hangouts, you need to know everything about them to track them down to get their money because they're not sending it in. So I had a customer, and I'll not share his name, but it's amazing, I still remember his name, and I remember where he worked, so I was there when he got off work to get his premium, his monthly premium. And he said to me, Robert, he said, I don't have it with me, I got it at my house. I said, all right, I'll meet you at the house. So I met him at the house. It was after hours, it was dark outside. We walked up on the front porch, he unlocked the door. I mean, there was garbage everywhere outside. And when he opened the door and I stepped in behind him, he reached over and he turned on the light and cockroaches went everywhere. Yeah. So I got the money. And then he looked at me and he said, would you like to stay and have dinner with me? And I said, no, no, I think I'm all right. A household cockroaches. I brought up the cockroach because it symbolizes how sin operates in our lives. When you least expect it, it shows up. Now I'm not gonna ask a hand show if you ever had a cockroach in your house. But when you least expect it, a cockroach shows up. My wife and I were sitting down one evening to have dinner. I'm not gonna tell you where we were at. It's in Harrison County. <laughs> they brought our food out and they set the plate down. And all of a sudden a cockroach came out of my plate, my food there. True story? And quick as I am, I nailed him. And I put him in a napkin. And I called the waitress over. And I wasn't upset. Those things can happen. My wife said, I'm done. She grabbed her coat. I'm done. I'm sitting there. I said, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't leave. They brought us another plate. 
Oh man, I'm, in, I'm all messed up today, ain't I? <laughs> when we think it's not there, it's, it symbolizes sin is what I'm getting at. When, when we think it's not there, it's there. And when we deal with it, it runs and it flees. That's why I compare it to a cockroach. Sin will flee from us when we have the right deterrent. And that deterrent is the light of God. We had a small group gathering a few weeks back and my wife and I went and Patrick Wilson gave a great lesson on electricity. And uh, only Patrick could give that. I had no idea at the end of it, other than when you turn the switch on, that's when the light comes on. And that was my definition. So if we are going to turn on the light, light requires an energy source. I've got a generac at my house. When electric goes off, the generac kicks on and the lights come on. You see a light bulb by itself is of no use. But when you put it into a receptacle and then you plug it in, you get light. Somebody say amen. So as the light of the world, we must understand that our effectiveness is of little use and of very little value if we are not plugged in to the right energy source. In 1 John 1 and 5 says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. Somebody say amen. amen. And in him is no darkness at all. So that verse said, God is light. Light is a symbol of purity and holiness. How bright is your light? His light allows us to walk out of darkness. Now I'm not against self-help books, not against 12-step programs, but there is a light, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, that will walk you right out of darkness. So his light in our lives keep us from stumbling, stumbling through life to find our way. If I'd have turned the light on back there, I'd have never stumbled. A lot of us need to turn the light on that will not stumble through life. Don't you get tired of falling? You can turn on the light, which is Jesus Christ. His word will help guide you. It's terrible to fall, but when you get back up and fall again the same way, Time and time again, there's a problem in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. So darkness symbolizes evil and sin. The darkness means that man is ignorant of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be ignorant. So he reminds us in John 8 and 12, then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus made a great claim right here in verse 12. 
He claimed that he was the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. And then Jesus makes a great promise, twofold actually. He said, shall not walk in darkness. A man exists in darkness. I thought I had a cockroach crawling on my shoulder. It's some kind of black bug. I got him, I got him, all right? Twofold, shall not walk in darkness. So a man exists in darkness until he follows Christ. So if you're here this morning and you've not humbled yourself and asked Christ to forgive you of your sin, friend, you are in darkness. And you are going to walk through this journey of life stumbling over one obstacle after another. But when Christ comes into your life, the life, then the light comes on and gives you the direction that you need and God will guide you through the journey of life. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So twofold, he said, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Wow. I would be scared to death in 2022 to walk through this world without the light of Christ in this time and day that we're living in. Can anybody say amen? So listen to me. Jesus is my energy source, and I'm glad he never shuts down. Occasionally, mom power, it goes off. But the light that we're talking about today never goes off and it never goes dim. Light has only one purpose. When a light comes on, it is to dispel darkness. Much like cockroaches, uh, uh, it makes the darkness scatter. When you turn that light on and them cockroaches take off, that's just the same way sin does when the light of Christ shows up and dispels the darkness. I just wonder if there's anyone in the house that could look, look back in your own life and see where the light came on and just like the cockroaches, your sin begin to leave. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Ah, Jesus' mission, listen to me. Hey, let me. Let me go back here. Has your light gone out? Has your light gone out? Is your light maybe dim? Has it been covered up? I wrote down the word backslidden this morning and it was kind of funny, Pastor Aaron came in and, and we was talking about a situation and he said they, they, they kind of had a falling away. And it just kind of hit me. We have all kinds of names for it, falling away, stepping out, doing this, doing that. The Bible calls it sin and it calls it backslidden. So I just wonder if there's anyone in a house that has backslidden, that maybe you're in a position where you are backsliding. And listen to me, we've all been there. We've all been there. Proverbs 14 and 14 said, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Why in the world would you and I want to be filled with our own ways, our own nature? And that is what happens when we backslide. Reading from the NIV out of Ezekiel 37 and 23, I will save them from all of their sinful backsliding and I will cleanse them. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will save them. Maybe you're in a backslidden condition today. Maybe you're just not where you need to be. I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm here to bring a warning from God under the anointing of God that you had better wake up and realize that you are in a backslidden condition and sin will taste good for a while. But friend, after a while, 
It will no longer taste like honey. It will become gravel in your mouth and cause you nothing but grief. The grass always looks greener on the other side, but friend, no one's telling you there's probably a septic tank underneath that, and that's where you'll end up. If you know that I'm talking right, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. My, my, my. John 1 and 4, in him was life. <laughs> there was an old song I used to do years ago and, and I just, it just came to my mind because I was in darkness. And then I came to the light, to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it said, well, I just started living. Well, I found me a brand new life. Changed my direction and washed away all my strife. Can anybody relate to that? What is there to go back to? Can anyone answer that? What is there to go back to? There is nothing to go back to. I'm glad that some 30 some years ago, Jesus Christ touched me, the light of the world, the Lamb of God, cleansed me, washed away my sin, wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life, gave me an abundant life and an eternal life. If you know what I'm talking about, you ought to thank God this morning how good God has been to you. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Note in verse four, the life, Christ was the light of men. This life, this light gives us real life. You can have life and it not be real, but you can have life and it can be real, full of joy and peace, and it can also be eternal. I'd have to lie to you, if I didn't tell you that, if I said I never think about dying, because I do. I, I, and I think about it a lot more in the last year and a half. I honestly do. It, it's sometimes I have to take captive my thoughts. And when I take captive my thoughts, I've got to speak to myself and say, I am never going to die. The body will, but I will never, never die. This life gives real life to man, both abundant and eternal. So if God never did another thing for me, I've lived an abundant life. And the very moment I take my last breath, I will step out of the abundant life and step into the eternal life, which the eternal life will be more abundant than the life here on earth. Oh, somebody ought to shout right there. That abundant life. And I thought a lot about this. This morning earlier, as I was praying for all of our church family, I could have allowed myself to get upset yesterday, driving all over God's country looking for a Christmas tree. And there was a period of time driving down the road, I, I just was silent. And my wife looked over and she said, what are you quiet about? You already knew the answer, didn't you? And I didn't ask her that in the truck. But then something else kicked in. Would you rather be here with the people that you love looking for a Christmas tree, $30 a foot? Or would you rather be where you was a year and a half ago 
standing on the front porch waving at everybody when they went by, tooting a horn, going to church. God forgive me for having a second or two, maybe even longer than that, of a bad attitude. Everybody looking at me, don't act like you don't have a bad attitude. <laughs> that abundant life is peace. Maybe this year you don't have everybody at the table. Maybe somebody has left you by death or separation or divorce. That is the enemy. That has no, that does not justify us pouting toward God. I'm speaking to myself. The abundant life is peace no matter what, joy no matter what, love no matter what. Healing, he healed me. I was able yesterday to get down on my knees with a drill and drill the bottom of a Christmas tree while you drove up and your two beautiful little girls and I was standing there as the girls run across the yard and I'm thinking I am so blessed to be able to do this. So no matter what happens, when you're walking in the light, you are not in the darkness and the devil is a liar and we're gonna clarify that he's a liar because in John 10 and 10, go ahead and give God a hand clap a shout of, and a shout of praise. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill. Tried to steal my joy yesterday. Tried to steal my $30 a foot and to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Be careful, be careful what you do over the Christmas season. Be careful what you allow the enemy to bring in the heaviness. Christ is the answer and he's the only answer. In John 12 and 35, then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. You need to know. You need to know where to go, what to say. You need to walk in the light. Be careful. Light comes to expose the darkness and then often the darkness responds by doing its own thing. That's called rebellion. And I believe the Bible says it's the spirit of witchcraft, rebellion. I may be wrong, I believe, am I right? I'm looking at a theologian, Pastor Rita. The light comes on, the spirit speaks to you, guides you and directs you and you shake it off and say, I'm gonna go my way. I'm guilty, I've done it. And everybody else in the room has. And what happens, you stumble, you stumble. It's called rebellion. Plenty of that in our society. Proverbs 4 and 19 says, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. When light comes on, it has a way of helping the wicked and us to see better and to show us the way. Falling into darkness. In the last few weeks, I've preached a few funerals that it just has to be a discernment in me. Maybe not only a discernment, but just eyes to see and common sense. And I believe we got some fine, young, outstanding young adults in this house. I honestly do. 
But I've been placed in some positions to stand behind a podium where I look at people and they are a mess. And they are so troubled and it grieves me. I went just a few days ago and to do a funeral and these young people I could tell were in trouble and I stood behind the podium and, and I just said, I'm gonna be real with you. I put my notes away. And I said, I look around the room and some of you are in bad, bad trouble. You're miserable and you're lost and you're looking in all the wrong places. And on live stream this morning and WBOY and anybody that's in this room, if you're troubled, if you're messed up, there's only one answer and that's Jesus Christ. Only one answer. You say, well, it's not cool. What is cool about being sucked down a rat hole? Nothing. Let me tell you what's cool. It's having the light of Jesus Christ shining in your life. Walking the abundant life. Walking a life with joy and peace and the presence of God. Nothing else. When light comes on, it has a way of helping us. Psalms 119 and 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, thy word. Thy word will never fail you. Thy word will never let you down. We're living in a time where people want us to be politically correct, non-offensive, just walk through life and don't say nothing. That's not a friend. I said in the funeral last Friday or Saturday, I said a friend will not help you die. Friend will not help you die. You call that your friend? That's not a friend. Do you hear me? Friend will grab you by the shirt tail and say, hey, you're not doing that. I'm here to help you get through. You got the light of Christ, you need to let it shine. You need to turn your light on because there's a world that is in darkness and they need the light that you have. The light that has been given to you is not just for you to see the way, it's for others to see the light in you to find the way. Can you give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? So I told him in the back, the older I get, I'm just starting to turn into my mother. My mother was in her 80s and she was in bad shape and, and she was in the hospital, but she was still able to walk. And the nurses came to me when I got there and said, you need to keep your mother in her room. She keeps going up and down the halls from room to room, telling people about Jesus and they gotta get saved. I said, you tell my mom to stay in that room. And I'm here to tell you and the rest of the world, ain't nobody gonna tell me that I can't tell people about Jesus. We do it at a funeral, we're gonna do it at a schoolhouse, we're gonna do it wherever we're at, we're gonna let our light shine and let people know that there's only one way and his name is Jesus. So in saying that, light cannot be hidden. If you truly have the light, you can't hide it. When you have the light of Christ working in you, you cannot hide it. So I ask you a question. Oh, you're church folk, man. You're at the foot of the cross. Does people at your job know that you gave your life to Christ? 
Do people that live next door to you, does people in the circle of influence that you have, do they know or have you hidden your light? The Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If the Lord saved you, you ought to want to tell somebody. I'm telling you. You say, well, you tell people because you're a preacher. That's a bunch of garbage. The night I got saved, I came home and I got on the phone, the kind that you did like this after you listened to make sure nobody else was on the other party line. And I called everybody I could call and I told them what happened to me. When Jesus moves in, some filth has got to move out and you've got to tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Sad, sad percentage. I, I don't want to quote it because I, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it's minimal where people lead other people to Christ. Christ is not a temporary retreat. Sometimes we go on a temporary retreat to get a little rest, to get a little way. He's our eternal refuge. Do you hear me? Listen to what Psalms 46 and one, God is our refuge. A strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will I not fear. Though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. The psalmist says that even if the world comes to an end, we need not fear. God is our refuge and we need to tell people the goodness of God. Even in a, a nuclear war with the little rocket man over in North Korea, all time shooting up missiles and people fearful and we can't even go to Walmart without somebody getting shot. You can't send your kids to school without a kid getting stabbed. But no matter what happens, brother, God is still God and God is still in control and I'm not gonna crawl in a rabbit hole. I'm still gonna stand and proclaim God's been good to me. God's been good to my family. No weapon formed against me or you shall prosper. We're the sons and the daughters of God. We ought to act like it and say, hey, devil, we're not gonna retreat. We're coming after you. Let your light shine. Tell somebody. Your testimony. Does anybody in the house have a testimony? Give God praise in the house. The devil wants us to be afraid. Why? Because that's when the devil does his best work. Huh? My wife and I, Friday, I'm full of stories today. That means you're getting old. We spent about five hours, I believe. We drove to every Dollar General store in Harrison County. I forgot one and he, he, he found it. And to get plates for our Christmas dinner. And uh, each one of them had like 30 or 40 and we wanted the same pattern. And so we drove all over Harrison County. You see there, I've been to Maryland, I've been to P for a tree and now look what Christmas is doing to me. And then we went to Marion County and I don't know how to say this except say it. One of the people waiting on us was a man trying to be a woman and uh, 
I'm, I'm country, man. I'm old school. And I, I was very polite and very nice. And, uh, but when I came back here yesterday and I come up here last night and I was praying, it's amazing how the Spirit of the Lord brings something to your remembrance. And even though I was very polite and I didn't say anything offensive, that was my problem, I didn't say anything. And I had an opportunity to say, you know what? Excuse me, we got a Christmas play December 9th. My name's Robert Shelton. I go to Jewel City Church and I'd love for you to come and visit, but I didn't. I didn't turn the light on and the devil chastised me. We can't be afraid to speak up and to turn the light on. Second Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't be afraid to share your faith. Stand with me. Stand with me. While you're standing, look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you to turn your light on. So how can we do that, church? The most effective is to love people. I don't think there's ever been a person come in here that didn't leave feeling like they were loved. I honestly don't. We are to love people as Christ loved people. And Jesus said in John 15 and 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. See, Jesus came for the young man that waited on me the same as he came for me the same as he came for Billy Graham. Isn't it easy just to turn the light off and walk away? And I'm guilty and the Lord chastised me of this. I didn't say get up in someone's face and say, you're going to hell. <laughs> you're going to burn. If that's your approach, tell them you go to the Second Baptist Church somewhere else. We have to have compassion on people because Christ had compassion on us. Mark 6 and 34, and Jesus, when he came out, man, this really hit me. Saw much people and he was moved with compassion toward them. Listen to this. Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Instead of me walking away, I should have realized here's a young person like a sheep without a shepherd and I had a great opportunity and I passed up on it. How many opportunities do you have? We all see people who appear to have no hope like when I'm standing in a funeral home looking at some of the younger generation. They appear to have no hope. And I think back probably the older ones when I was young, Potty looked at me and thought, <laughs> he ain't got no hope. But there was a light that came from glory, touched my heart, changed my direction. So we gotta have compassion for people. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 3, listen to this. But if our gospel be hid, 
It is hid to them that are lost. Oh my goodness. Pastor Rita, I've read that a thousand times. But in preparing for this message and thinking about how I walked away from somebody, it just, it, it, it rocked me. For if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So if you're going to work and you're not letting your light shine, you've hid something from the lost, the only thing that can change their life. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world is Satan. And all these people that seem to have no hope and they're all messed up and they're confused and it's just unbelievable. It's because they've been blinded. And I think of the song Amazing Grace, I once was blind but now I see. Aren't you glad now that you can see? So it goes on and says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Unless that light shines, they'll have no hope. Some people, well, you're the only Christ they will see. I'll close in saying what I started with. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. Somebody needs to see your faith in action. Listen to verse 16, it says, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when you let your light shine, it brings glory to our Father. Everybody can't get up here and sing. Everybody can't play an instrument, but everybody can let your light shine. And when you let your light shine, it brings glory to our Father. Ain't that amazing? You and I can glorify our Father by letting our light shine. Shine. Give God a great hand clap of praise. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to speak to the Christian first. I want you to be honest with yourself and be honest with me. If you are guilty of letting opportunities pass, lift your hand. We all got some work to do, don't we? You can put your hands down. Now for you that's never accepted Christ as your personal savior. The Bible says you're walking in darkness. But the Bible also says today is the day of salvation. The light can come on. And Jesus loves you. And he gave his life that you could have life. You could have the light his light, his presence. I'm not gonna come to you, but right where you're at this morning, if you'd like to turn the light on, you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ, would you slip your hand up high right where you're at? Quickly, slip your hand up high. Don't be afraid. You're in a room full of believers. Is there one in the house? Is there one? I wanna tarry for a moment. Don't wait till you get everything put together in your life. Don't wait till you quit doing this and doing that, going through this struggle. Jesus will take care of you. He'll clean you up. He's the one who would slip your hand and say, today, today, I want to give my life to the Lord. And then I'd ask you this morning, if you slipped your hand up today, that you need a closer walk with God. 
Sometimes it takes us to humble ourselves. Sometimes it takes us to take a step in that direction. I know everybody's looking at me and they think, well, man, you got it put together. No, I don't. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. Would you come, church? Would you come? We honor you, Father. We don't rush in as we've been guilty of many times. Feasting and leaving quickly. Father, we turn back and we thank you for meeting with us here today. We don't take that for granted. I pray that, Father, that many has heeded the warning of backsliding. But I also believe, Lord, there's someone in the room that has not made eternal preparation. And Father, it scares me to wait till next Sunday, but your word never goes out and returns void. So it's my heart that you would speak to them as we leave the building tomorrow morning, whenever it may be throughout the week. And let them know, Lord, all they gotta do is ask you, Jesus, to forgive them of their sins. And then please tell somebody, Lord, we honor you, we thank you. And Lord, I wanna take a moment and thank you for every individual that's here, that you've given me the privilege to pastor. Help us to draw closer to each other and closer to you, God. Let us turn on our light, the light that you have provided. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 